This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. Welcome to the show. That's Trav. I'm Drew. And I'm Trav. This is the Overdue Homework Podcast, and we are here to share our opinions on 80s and 90s media. Uh, you can reach us at OverdueHomeworkPodcast at gmail.com. Trav, how are you doing? I am doing super good, Drew. We had a super fun homework assignment that I had never seen before, and I spent the rest of my free time watching American Gladiator stuff. So <laughs> what <laughs> it's else? been a great day. What else would you want to do with your life? Seriously. <laughs> Who else wants to do anything else? Uh, how's your day going, Drew? Uh, really good. I'm excited to do this episode, just as excited as you are, I'm sure. Um, it's well known that I love me some Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, yeah. so I can't wait to really get into this. Been waiting to get back to some Arnold. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in this podcast, I used a couple of articles in preparation. One was from WarpedFactor.com, and the other one was from 80skids.com, and both of those are uncredited. Boom. So there you go. Um, obviously, our homework review for this episode is The Running Man from 1987. It was inspired by a Japanese game show, a real Japanese TV series called The Trans-American Ultra Quiz. I didn't look anything up on this. I should have <laughs> to just to get an idea of what it was. But the, the show is like notorious for uh, torturing its contestants in uh, extreme endurance tests. So Yikes. there you go. Right. Um, it was also the main inspiration behind TV's Gladiator franchise. Hey, yeah. nice. Gladiators, gotta love it. Me stoked. Where's Nitro? Who is your favorite gladiator? Just from the from watching all the documentary yeah. stuff, it's Nitro. It's Nitro. It's Nit- for show. Sure. Nitro was my fave growing up too. Yeah, Nitro. I love Nitro. And then it's between either Blaze or Ice for the women gladiators. For sure. Yeah, Blaze. 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 Is, she's a badass. <laughs> she is a badass. <laughs> um, besides those two things, uh, this movie also inspired a couple of video games. A hit arcade video game, one of your favorites, one, one of, my, of my favorites, Smash T. TV. Smash TV. And the parallels are obvious. The parallels are obvious. The parallels I, are obvious. I had no idea beforehand watching this that they were tied in any way, but literally in the first 30 seconds, I'm like, this is feeling like some Super Smash TV going on here. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the Running Man also had a couple of its own, like, titled The Running Man video games. Um, I've never played any of these. They came out in the late 80s, and they were for the Amiga and the Atari ST. So, Ooh. all you Amiga fans out there. <laughs> never even heard of the Amiga. <laughs> it was one of those first, like, 80s personal computers that was just, like, oh, the okay. keyboard that you'd attach to your TV. Oh, sure. So, one of those type of things. But, hey, all you Amiga lovers out there, you email us with uh, all the information on the Running Man video game that you owned and played and loved as a child please do please do uh, the running man was directed by paul Michael michael glazer sorry paul uh <laughs> four directors were actually dismissed before paul was uh, uh chosen to take over the the directorial debut or the directorial duties Interesting. Uh, had some really hard times finding a director uh george p uh cosmatos cosmatos 
Cosmatos. Cosmatos. George P. Cosmatos. It's probably not even close. <laughs> um, he was the director of Rambo First Blood Part 2 and Cobra. So those are some two sly movies. Cobra, we need to get to sometime. I don't know if you've ever seen Cobra. Never, never seen it. We're going to get to Cobra someday. Uh, Ferdinand Fairfax. I don't know who that dude was, but he got dismissed. See you later, Ferdinand. See you, Ferdinand. Uh, Franz Ferdinand. Did you like that band when they came out in the early 2000s? That, that's hit Take Me Out. I was going to say, I know a song from them. <laughs> <laughs> it was enough for me to buy the CD in like circa 2004. So. Nice. I bought the CD. I got it somewhere with all the rest of my CDs in a box in a closet, <laughs> right? <laughs> Andrew Davis, the director of Under Siege, um, he was hired and fired over creative differences with the producer. So he's like, hey, we'll hire you. And you don't want to do the movie you want, we want, so you're fired. See ya. <laughs> the next choice was Carl Schenkel. Um, after he turned down uh, the job, the job went to Paul Michael Glazer, better known for his acting role is as Starsky. Uh, on the 70s TV cop show, Starsky and Hutch. Cool. So Starsky directed this. That's pretty cool. Uh, this movie was based on The Running Man by Stephen King as Richard Bachman. A quick little aside here, interestingly enough, George Linder, I think is the guy's name, that bought the rights to this movie the from the book. He bought it for like $100,000, and then it was like a $200,000 option if it got made into the movie, which was considered to be a lot of money at the time for like an unknown author, because nobody yeah. knew that... Uh, Richard Bachman was Stephen King. Oh, okay. And then that information came out before the movie released, like weeks before the movie released. And uh, the dude that uh, Linder, he wanted to have Stephen King's name on the poster. But Stephen King was like, this movie isn't anywhere close to the source material. Right. So you can use Richard Bachman, but you can't use Stephen King. Okay. So that's why Richard Bachman would be on the movie, uh, the movie poster. And at the time, not enough people, because Stephen King was a wildly successful writer at that time. Yeah. Um, not enough people had known, not enough people knew that they were the same person. So. That's awesome. It is starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Captain Ben, Benjamin Ben Richards, Richard Dawson as Damon Killian, Maria Conchita Alonso as Amber Mendez, Jesse Ventura. He had, does not have time to bleed, but he does have time <laughs> to be Captain Freedom. Uh, Yafet Koto as William Laughlin, Jim Brown as Fireball, Erlen Van Lidth as Dynamo, uh, Marvin J. McIntyre as Harold Weiss, Gus Rathwish as Eddie Buzzsaw Watowski, Professor Toro Tanaka as Professor Sub-Zero, Mick Fleetwood as Mick, and <laughs> Dweezil Zappa as Stevie. Um, it's interesting, the Professor Toro Tanaka, he's a professor in real life, and yeah. I'm wondering if he was like, I'll be in your movie, but he's got to be Professor Sub-Zero. Yeah. I go by Professor. I go by Professor. I spent somewhere. all this time in college and paid all this money, so you better call me Professor. <laughs> or like somehow the Mortal Kombat makers already had the rights to the name Sub-Zero or something, so he had to be Professor Sub-Zero. 87, I could see Midway having already had it in development because it came it's out in 90. Like, well, the arcade was probably like 89. Yeah, I was thinking 89 or 91 or something like that. That so makes a lot of sense. Possible. Midway probably already had the rights to Sub-Zero because I'm sure it was in development. Although in the movie, they don't say Professor Sub-Zero, do they? I think they do maybe one time, but oh, after okay. that, it's just Sub-Zero. Sure. I think they do one time. Uh, the release date was November 13th, 1987. That was in the United States. On February 19th, 2021, Paramount Pictures announced that it would be making a new film adaptation of the novel, one that would be more faithful to the source material. So there's another Running Man coming out, so great. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know if it would... 
it, I hope it's different enough. Like, I don't want it to be, like, the same It definitely can't be the same. It not unless you're literally going to bring Arnold back or right. something. Right. You can't recreate that feel of 1987 on film. No. I, it better no be way. completely different. So, Trav, should we get to the breakdown? Let's do the breaking of the down. Let's do the breaking of the down. We'll break it down. <laughs> that one's for you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, we get that uh, slow crawl at the beginning of the movie that, like, basically gives us the backstory of Love what's going it. on. I'm going to attempt to read it. All right. <laughs> Let's hear it. By 2017, the world economy has collapsed. Food, natural resources, and oil are all in short supply. A police state divided into paramilitary zones ruled with an iron hand. Television is controlled by the state. And a sadistic game show called The Running Man has become the most popular program in history. All art, music, and communications are censored. No dissent is tolerated, and yet a small resistance movement has managed to survive underground. When high-tech gladiators are not enough to suppress the people's yearning for freedom, more direct methods become necessary. And the tone is set. <laughs> the tone is set. Did you like how it like faded from red to black? Yeah. I thought that was like, a cool effect. Like, yeah. I wonder what the choice was for that. Why red to black? I don't know. It was cool, though. Yeah. I liked it. Something a little bit different. Um... So, so far, so good. So far, so good. I love everything about this movie. Yep. (laughs) Um, We get that opening scene with Ben Richards, and he is wrongly framed for the massacre that sent him to prison. Uh, The movie was originally to have Christopher Reeves as uh, Schwarzenegger. Could you imagine having Christopher Reeve as uh, Schwarzenegger's uh, Ben Richards? That seems really weird. Um, I can't say I watched enough of him as Superman to know if he's buff enough for me to pull to pull this role off in Arnold's place, but I can't see it. Definitely not buff enough. No. Definitely yeah. not buff enough. Uh, he had to drop out for Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Uh, Schwarzenegger was a fan of the book and slipped into the role of Richards. Nice. There's a little bit more story there, and we'll get back to it a little bit later. Um, we see that there's a food riot. Proceed with Plan Alpha. Eliminate any, eliminate anything moving. The hell with you. I will not fire on helpless people. <laughs> uh, the other soldier, the other soldiers attack Richards. Basically, they're like, take him out. We got you. We got to get you guys to shoot all these people. So he, yeah. if he's not going to cooperate, uh, Richards nearly falls out of the helicopter, hanging by a toe. Hanging by a toe. Eat your heart out, Robin. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and plenty of Arnold screams to open up the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he get when he gets pulled from the pilot spot into the back, right. uh, just slow mo. I'm like, oh, what am I in for here? But it turns out the movie's great. Yeah, uh, BTW. By the way, for the layperson, uh, 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 the dude that hits him with the butt of the rifle uh-huh. is Arnold's long term stuntman. Like he's a stuntman in uh, in uh, uh, Predator and in Terminator, and a few other movies, too. So he nice. was his longtime stuntman. That's cool. There's no facial resemblance, but they must have a, a physical resemblance. Right. Um, we're at the Wilshire Detention Zone 18 months later, and we get the exploding collars immediately uh, set set up uh, for us to take a look at. Prisoners, yeah. uh, prisoners working to death, and... Uh, um, a bearded Arnold carrying steel around, which yep. I'll appreciate. Definitely. <laughs> and don't cross that deadline or your head will blow up. Yeah. That's well established. 
Uh, Richard and his uh, prison pals, they participate in a prison escape. Yeah. I mean, you got to get the movie, you got to get the movie going, right? Yeah, obviously. Um, there's no like downtime. It's like food riot framing. He's in prison and now they're escaping. Yeah, right away. <laughs> just right in, just right in there. Um, I love the fighting. It's exactly what I want out of a movie like this. Definitely. Um, um, during the prison uh, break, we get some good lines uh, from Arnold. I mean, it is the age of the catchphrase, right? Yeah. He picks up that guard, need a lift, <laughs> and just chucks that dummy over the... It's such an obvious dummy. Such an obvious dummy. <laughs> such an obvious dummy. And then, oh, what's the hold up? <laughs> He's so angry. <laughs> Uh, the code that was observed earlier isn't working in the building to turn off the deadline. So, I mean, Arnold says take it outside, right. obviously, right? Uh, they turn the deadline off, but there's another guard that's not – it's not exactly evident right away that there's another guard working to turn the deadline back on. Yeah. And it's not until after they've struggled with it for a while that you're like, oh, that's why it's not working because right. there's another dude there. Uh, so they think it's off, but it's not really off. And Chico can't wait. He can't wait. Chico, no. ca- Chico, come back. <laughs> uh, Chico doesn't make it. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> a good bit of gore. Like I yeah. appreciate the rated R. Give me that good bit of gore. Yeah, definitely. It is interesting how they like after his head blows up, the dummy is like propped up. Did yeah, you know, like it's propped up. Like is he laying on his head? That's what it kind of looks like. It does so, kind of look like. Or is that. it just like the director or the VFX guy was like. I spent a lot of time making that guy's head blow up and you're going to do like a long distance shot. At right. least prop the dummy up so you can see my work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, maybe. Just give him a little bit to prove his head blew off. Like, yeah. Did I see what I just think I saw? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see. You, yeah. That's yeah, a headless yeah, body. His head go bye bye. <laughs> Uh, finally, they shoot that guard that's working against them, and uh, the perimeter is deactivated, and all the prisoners make a break for it. Uh, the music is so killer oh, in this movie. Definitely. It's so killer. All the way to the very last scene. Especially that main theme that they repeat a couple of times, and uh, maybe I'll sample it and put it in this podcast yeah. so we can listen to it. But. Um, it's just, I love the music. It just gives me the goosebumps that I want out of a movie like oh, this. Yeah. Absolutely love everything about that. Um, next we see Richards in LA and he's hiding out in the slums. Uh, ICS is everywhere. Um, we never find out what ICS actually stands for or if it's actually the government, if yeah. it's an arm of the government or just under the government's control. Right. We, we never, I mean, what do you think ICS could stand for? Like what <laughs> international communication system? I mean, that's like really lame. Yeah. I don't know. Like something. Interplanetary cool stuff. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it could, it, could be be. Any, it could be anything. We never find that out. I don't know if it's in the book. I just know you never find it out in the movie. Yeah. Um so seeing is believing is their catchphrase, which is kind of ironic considering like the whole movie is based on like them doctoring video Every, everything doctoring yeah. everything for the government's uh for the government's uh, uh benefit. Uh just to speak on the last point for a second, I think that ICS is not the government, isn't part of the government, and is just under control by the government. Yeah. Like, it's just heavily, maybe, I suppose, in like a totalitarian type of society that they're in, maybe it's more like dress like window dressing that say that it's its own independent thing where it's basic i don't know because talking the, myself because the it. people at the mine also say ics on their hats and stuff yeah okay yeah it's like it's i don't know it's hard to tell hard sure. to tell maybe so that's interesting that you bring that up so that makes it more likely that maybe they're at least an arm or a part of the government not the government right. but like 
directly controlled by the government. Any way you look at it, it's not a good deal for anybody yeah, that yeah. doesn't work at ICS. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> and even for them, it's like you just do the dirty work of all the rich people, basically, because yeah. they're all getting annihilated. They clearly have no battle training because they're all getting slaughtered. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, we get the the first real glimpse of what the Running Man actually is. We see it on the TV in the background of the gigantic billboard sized TV. Yeah, it's America's favorite game show. Um, Richards and pals meet a contact, and that's Stevie, and that's Dweezil Zappa. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, um, he takes them to have their collars removed by Mick Fleetwood, <laughs> and an Arnold looking pretty badass smoking that cigar. Oh, definitely. Um, smoking's bad for you kids, but. Arnold makes it look really cool. Yeah, he does make it look pretty cool. <laughs> uh, we find out that the TV network shuts down the schools, so they're pretty powerful, I guess, more akin to them being the government or directly working with the government. Right. And the kids either have to be in hiding or get basic trading and brainwashed by uh, the TV. Yeah. Uh, Mick doesn't want to take Richard's collar off because he's a cop and one of the one of the cops that locked up all his friends and burned his music. So that means... He's actually Mick Fleetwood in the future, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. he's playing himself in the future. Yeah. That's kind of an odd, like, choice to make. Why not just make him some other dude? That is weird. It's just kind of a weird choice. It's, I, I don't know, gives a sense of realism, gives a sense of, if you're in the theater, like, man, 2019's not that far away. Right. And so Mick Fleetwood could potentially be an old man fighting with the resistance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure, we'll go with it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Richards does a little bit of his uh, convincing of his own after his pals try to convince for him that uh, he got a, he, they wouldn't be out of prison without him and he's not actually uh, he didn't actually perpetrate perpetrate the massacre it's all propaganda and uh, Mick asks him or tells him that he thinks Richards has seen too much at this point and Arnold says well I shouldn't say Arnold it's hard not to say Arnold but yeah. ben, says, ben says I've seen too much all I've seen is a bunch of low foreheads who think they can change the world with dreams and talk. It's too late for that. If you're not ready to act, give me a break and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Love he, it. He's got some great lines just through and through. Uh, Richards leaves Laughlin and Weiss behind. He gets on that truck. because he, he, Obviously, he's going to Los Angeles, but under the guise of like working. Yeah. Can you just it seems weird that they can just come and go out of these slums so easily. There should be a checkpoint of some kind, Definitely. military monitoring who's leaving these areas. Yeah, as he's walking in his like construction outfit to his old place or his brother's old place. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense yeah. that he wouldn't get questioned by someone or And if he's on the lam and he says he's going to his brother's old place because he can get him out of the city. If he's on the lam, wouldn't the government be all over? Like, wouldn't he think that? That right. his brother's probably not a safe place to go? Right. I don't know. Um, he says that he's not into politics. I'm into survival. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the written test. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all of us. Thanks, Laughlin. He's the he's a real downer in this movie. He's a big downer. <laughs> and finally, introducing Damon Killian in that badass red limo. Oh yeah, I uh, loved that red limo. Yep. I'm pretty sure it was a Maserati limo. Nice. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, it's Richard Dawson. He's a well-known actor. He played uh, Corporal Peter Newkirk in Hogan's Heroes. Have you ever watched Hogan's Heroes? Barely. Barely. Seen, like a few snippets of it. Exactly. It was one of those shows on in the summer in the middle of the day, right? You're like, yeah. Hogan's Heroes? I don't want to watch I th- this. I think my dad watched that <laughs> occasionally. But... Hey, so did my dad. It must have been a thing of the time for yeah. them. 
Um, he was also the original host of Family Feud between 76 and 85. Now that I love. Yes, absolutely. I've always loved Family Feud, and I love watching especially the old stuff yes. with Richard Dawson. Yeah, he's really good at yeah, he, he is. Yeah, he's really good at it. Um, and uh, he returned to the role between 94 and 95 after the film's release. So I guess they said, hey, you're really kind of in the zeitgeist again. You want to come host the show again? So nice. Just a year. Uh, sadly, though, many people who worked with Richard Dawson said that in real life he was uh, a bit too much like Damon Gillian. Yeah, a little bit the same way on screen and off screen, so that's kind of sleazy. He is definitely a butthole. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> definitely a butthole. A total douche is what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> he's all business, though. I mean, his it seems like if he's not all business, he may risk being killed by the government. I so suppose. He's all business. Uh, and then poor Dan. Poor Dan mopping the floor. He's going to get fired for doing his job. It gets worse every time you watch it. Yeah. It's like, what a total douche, as you would say. <laughs> Dan's going to end up on the streets. Yeah, he is. He's, He's gonna just have some poor old man. No chance. Just trying to, you know, make it day to day. What a jerk. Poor Dan. Poor Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back with Ben Richards now, and we see him getting into an apartment that he thinks is his brother's apartment. Well, it was his brother's apartment, at yeah. least. Um, obviously seems to be a lady's place. Obviously. obviously. But you're right. It kind of seems like it's a, a lady's apartment. It should be uh, very obvious. And soon thereafter, our lady is home to her lady apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Amber Mendez. Uh, she's working out with some help from Jesse Ventura. Are you ready for pain? Are you ready for suffering? If the answer is yes, then you're ready for Captain Freedom's workout. But the program is interrupted with a special bulletin, and the government is looking for Ben Richards, the butcher of Bakersfield. Uh, bad news for Amber, he's in her apartment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, lingerie for workout clothing? I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, I'm a little bit of a fan, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, he quickly approaches her and says, don't make a sound. <laughs> this is such a weird scene. Yes. Yeah, as he's like this huge behemoth of a man aggressively grabbing her mouth. Don't make a sound. It's a bit rapey. Uh, yeah, definitely it's a, a bit, bit rapey. rapey. And that kind of happens a couple times in this film, and it's just a little weird. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. Um, and he asks, "Are you? who are you? Are you a friend of my brother's? And she says that he moved out last month after the... After he was taken to uh, re-education by the government. Yep. Uh, then they tussle around the apartment while Jesse Ventura poses on TV. So that's kind of funny how it just goes back and forth between them kind of wrestling around. running. She's running away from him. Yeah. Uh, the phone rings and we cut to the next scene. Uh, Killian and Tony, the show's director, uh, looking for their next contestants. Uh, there's a nod to actor Richard Dawson's history on TV. He was on The Love Boat and okay. there's a poster behind him that says The Hate Boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was a star on The Hate Boat and this so that's kind of funny. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the search isn't going very well for them, though. He's just like denying picture after picture after picture. Did you notice one was like actually a baby? Oh, no. Yeah, it was like some baby's face, Murphy or whatever, and it looked like a baby. So <laughs> and he, that's when he says, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, he spots Ben Richards on TV. He says, Pop that, uh, pipe that feed in here, and he wants him pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, Richards is like the personification of what Killian wants in a contestant, right? He What does he see? He says, look at that mother or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I can get that. 10 points for his biceps alone. <laughs> uh, so he makes a phone call. Uh, let me get the president agent on the line. 
fine. <laughs> so do you want to talk a little bit more about how Christopher Reeve was cast as uh, this uh, as uh, Ben Richards originally? Let's hear it. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about So he was going to portray the character way closer to what the source material was. A thin, malnourished man fighting to survive for his uh, fighting to survive with his family in the slums, his wife turning tricks to get medicine, and then he turns freely to the running man to try to feed them. Okay. Um, and it was set in the year 2025 instead, and contestants are allowed to go anywhere in the world whilst being pursued by the hunters employed to kill them. Contestants would earn $100 per hour uh, that they stay alive and avoid capture, plus an additional $100 for each law enforcement officer or hunter they kill. The grand prize would have been $1 billion if they survive 30 days. Wow. So it's a, it's in the same vein, but it's, it's definitely same a lot different. And it's funny that he... Killian says that Ben Richards volunteered because they're making up the narrative, but that is actually what was supposed to happen in the source material. That's That's kind of funny. That's the writer D'Souza trying to be like, I'm trying to stay stay to it. (laughs) Speaking of him, um, he basically was the person that got Reeve fired from the film because Reeve wanted all these script changes and he had all these ideas for it. And uh, D'Souza was like, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> and he was the one that actually uh, brought Schwarzenegger on. Oh, okay. Uh, on a diff- on a side note, uh, D'Souza thinks that he may have written 15 different scripts for this movie between the directors and casting changes. So Jeez. Seems like a lot of attention for a movie that probably didn't deserve that much attention. No. Doesn't it seem like a lot of work for this movie? It does. I love this movie, but oh, that yeah. seems like a lot of work. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we move back into Amber's apartment and Richards is going to kidnap her. Uh, he uses her travel pass and money to book a flight. He also points out the fact that she has uh, contraband music, which they're still using cassette tapes in 2019. Yep. And then all that money. Why is she hiding money in there, too? Is money one of those things like in a communist society, you basically don't have money? Apparently. But then he says money. This right. is what I need. Right. So what do you mean? You're able to get away with the money, but she could get in trouble for having the money? It, I, I don't get it. It is weird that she would keep money in a box of contraband stuff. And black market clothes. Yeah, and black market clothing also. Like, I don't know. It it gave me the feeling of the fact that maybe money is banned, but then like you said, he's like, I need this money to be able to afford the trip. Yeah. So, I also love how that works out. He just scans her travel badge like with her TV <laughs> yeah, and then that's cool. picks his destination. He needs to work on his tan anyway. So. <laughs> and his like tapping on the thing was convincing. Yeah. It wasn't like it looked yeah. like he was actually doing it. So maybe he was. I don't know. Right, he might have been like. Yeah, it's probably just like three keys on top that actually did anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. You got to push this button four times and that button five times and that's it. Right. And do your line at the same time. But. Um, it is kind of like a media predicting the future a little bit. We kind of do that with our computers now, not yeah. necessarily attached to our TVs, but in a way still, yes. Yeah. Yeah, still kind of in a way. Um, he also at this point is really physically intimidating uh, Amber. He has her tied to her Bowflex. Yeah. And then uh, he lifts the thing. What if I say please and rips it out of the ground and stuff? And, like, too intense. Too intense. Don't need to be that rapey. About it, yeah, stuff. it makes it's, him seem like the villain. He's not. He's not the villain. <laughs> it's weird to me. Right. Uh, yeah, he should have led when he was in the apartment, should have led with, it's all been doctored, it's all fake, I'm innocent, right, I'm right. innocent, I'm right. innocent. He barely says a line about how right. it, it's not true, but then he's not really sending too many signals that 
he's telling the truth in that moment. <laughs> right. He really isn't. Yeah. He really isn't. Uh, so next we're at the airport and they make it through security by being an inconvenience. Yeah. That, which is, it's a funny scene. It though. is I, funny. I really like how he does that. Yeah. He's like, we lost a passport in here for a week. <laughs> you know, women, I can't live with them. Can't live without them. Just misogynistic stuff. It was Seriously. the 80s. It was the 80s. Uh, it is very convenient for them by being an inconvenience. So we'll take that. Uh, Amber punches uh, Richards in the dick and he screams. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she screams, uh, that's Ben Richards. And so everybody is like, oh, my God, it is Ben Richards. Yeah. We didn't notice him in his sunglasses before. Yeah. I guess. Whoa. <laughs> Now that you say it, now yeah, that, that you is. say it, that does look a lot like him. Man. So naturally, you run out onto the tarmac where you have nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> nowhere Obviously, to go. Obviously, that's where I would go. The biggest, most wide open area I could find. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love him getting netted. It's incredible. I love it. Do you think it was him? No. I don't think so nope. either. I, the second time I watched it, there's no way that's Exactly. Right. The first time I watched it for the, for the show here, I was like... I think that was Arnold. I <laughs> yeah. think he did his own stunt there. And then, then I paid attention a little more yeah. the next time. It's like, but it's, no. it's hilarious. It is hilarious. Uh, what other, I can't think of any other movie that a human is netted like that. <laughs> no, but it's good. I it's like great. it. I like it. It kind of goes to show that like maybe the police state and the government like thinks of people as animals. Yeah. You know, like, maybe that's what True. they're trying to get at. Or, Definitely. Or some uh, stunt coordinator's like, I got this giant net gun. You want to net somebody? In this <laughs> Let's <movie>? use it. <laughs> Let's, Let's get Arnold with that thing. <laughs> net him. Net him. Net him. Oh, I, over- I actually really like the idea of Arnold then getting his hands on the net gun, like in like backstage but after the movie's been done filming. He's just netting people. Oh, just, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> at least at least the bastard that got him, you know, <laughs> like sneaking up on him, gets out of the porta potty they got set up outside and gets netted. <laughs> <laughs> I could really see our, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger running around with that gun, netting people against their oh, will. <laughs> definitely. Uh, now that Richards has been captured, though, this leads to him being selected as a contestant on the deadly game show called The Running Man. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, the game show is hosted by the charismatic Damien Killen, Damon Killian. Um, who turns uh, the hunt for Richards into a national sensation, basically. Uh, Richards and Killian have their first encounter. Hi, cutie pie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of us is in deep trouble. You know who I am? I've seen you before. (laughs) You're the asshole on TV. (laughs) Uh, Killian wants Richards to volunteer for the running man. Uh, do you want to give me your best Arnold fuck you? Because I'd love to hear it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. That was great. I don't think he screams it like that in him, but that's the only way I can do it. I, <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, Killian uses Weiss and uh, Laughlin, his buddies from uh, uh, from jail, as bargaining chips to get Richards to cooperate. Um, you don't do the show, your buddies are going to go in your place. And so Richards agrees to it because he's a swell dude. Yeah. He's a swell guy. Mm-hmm. Tricks on him later, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's getting prepped to compete on the game show. It's some awesome 80s medical stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> some very, tons of monitors, tilting tables, bite plates, needles in the fingers. Like, why not? Yeah. I love every bit of it. And more awesome, Arnold screams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And did you notice that that technician looks exactly like Chris Pine? 
Oh, I wasn't even paying attention. I saw him. I'm like, that's Chris Pine. That looks exactly like Chris Pine. So to Google, I went. Chris Pine was born in 1980. So not Chris Pine. Definitely not Chris Pine. I was way too distracted by the giant needles getting stabbed in. Yeah. Why do you think, what do you think the purpose of that one going into the finger web is? I have no idea, but it's rough. It's brutal. (laughs) I've never seen a needle in a movie go to that spot. Nope. Um, Maybe the only thing I could think of was that it's like a tracking chip. Yeah, that could be. Maybe. That's about it. Or the technician dude was like, take this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just for fun. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? His fists are so dangerous. They got to give him their own <laughs> shot. I don't there, know. Maybe. I like it. Uh, and then we get a good uh, sleeping gas knockout scene. They love the sleeping gas. They love movie. that in this <laughs> movie. Sleeping gas. It's gas. Sleeping gas. It's more gas. <laughs> Uh, back with Amber at home working on her new music and watching TV. There's more disinformation from the state-run media. Richard's shooting three people at point-blank range, and now she knows, or at least suspects, that Richard's may actually be innocent. So yeah. I, I would be like, that's kind of weird. That's, that's not what that's happened at all. weird. Why was he so rapey to me earlier? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is very funny. I hope that was her internal dialogue. <laughs> Uh, would you watch Climbing for Dollars? That looked pretty interesting, <laughs> but uh, I don't, yeah, probably not, probably not, but it, but it did look very interesting. I don't like the dog aspect. No, those poor puppies, poor that's puppies, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so was that a promo, or is that like the game show? That seems like that was a game show. So it's like a mini game show in between game shows, because yeah. the dude didn't make it very far. No, he did not. He did not make it very no. far. <laughs> Why does everyone have to die in all the futuristic game shows? <laughs> Every, you know, yeah, it's, can't just have any endurance battles or you know David against Goliath situations. No, nope. nope. win or die. Win or die. Win or die. <laughs> win or die. <laughs> uh, back with Richards at the ICS studio, and we get to meet his court-appointed theatrical agent. I love that. That, that that's such a crazy like thing to think of that. We aren't that too far away from in our society. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of it's kind of interesting. And he just says to him, "It's time." All right, <laughs> <laughs> it is showtime, and the world is watching uh, the dancing done by the girls. Now that was all choreographed by the icon, the iconic Paula, Paula Abdul. Oh wow, that's cool. That's pretty cool. That's that's really cool. You can really feel the excitement. This show is a really big deal. It's kind of the mid-80s at its finest, yeah. with the neon on neon on neon. And this is kind of the other part that ties with Smash TV, that beginning with these yeah. girls like cheering as the characters go out in that main screen. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Nonsense. Just complete nonsense. Plus, there's a sick bass line. Love that. Yeah. And there's lots of butts. Lots of butts. Why not? There's no nudity in this movie. Yeah, no nudity. None. And the violence isn't too crazy. Yeah. There's it, lots it of really swearing. Isn't. Yeah, I mean, one head blowing off. Yeah. Otherwise, there really isn't too much blood or gore or no. anything. Get no. a little, some implications yes. of some nasty stuff. Yeah, it's but, very much yeah. so. It is kind of interesting that there wasn't one hoot in this whole movie. It, and like you said, we got people working out in lingerie. Yeah. But, but I mean, for how it is now, that seems like that could be even a PG-13 movie now. 
you just cut out a little bit more of the gore, just a little bit more. A even little if you just, bit and some of the swearing. And PG thirteen. PG thirteen. I mean, with PG thirteens, you can or you can get like an F word in a PG thirteen yep, nowadays. Yep, one one F word in there. Man, I think. kind of interesting. Uh, we see Amber and her friend buying a six dollar pop from the vending machine. Yikes. Thank goodness it's not six dollars. I yeah. feel like it's on its way. Though. It is on its way. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, a shackled Richards and his court-appointed theatrical agent walk by. Uh, Amber's friend seems to be too infatuated with the idea of being killed and raped by Ben Richards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way too much. <laughs> Lucky he didn't kill you or rape you and kill you. Or kill you, then rape you. That is very lucky. That's yes. very lucky. Thank and very, you for the obvious. Very creepy, lady. Very. <laughs> Thankfully, now it's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Amber is doing some snooping, and uh, Richards is filling out some last-minute paperwork backstage. Uh, here, use my back, victim. Stab. Stab. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to send me a copy. <laughs> I love that. And did you like how Killian's uh, bodyguard behind him is just like, oh, oh, does nothing about yeah, it. Does just like, nothing. All right, man, I'll let you do that. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool. With I didn't me. like him either. <laughs> That's cool with me, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, we meet the love of Killian's life, his number one fan, Mrs. McCardale. How about a kiss? No tongues. No tongues. <laughs> It's time to meet our runner for tonight's show. Our star needs no introduction. He's Ben Richards, the brutal slayer of 60 men, women, and children in the Bakersfield Massacre. Thanks, announcer dude. Yeah, I thought you said he needed no introduction. <laughs> you gave him an Thanks introduction. Thanks for reminding us that he was an uh, incredibly brutal slayer of 60 men, women, <laughs> yeah. and children. Uh, so that dude is Roger Bumpus playing Phil Hilton, and Roger is the voice of Skidward, Squidward Tentacles. Nice. That's... That's a, quite the career. That is super awesome. Quite the career. Uh, then we get to see the doctored video of the massacre. Deep fakes anyone? Yeah. How, how real does that feel? Seriously. Like, it's just like, it's Come here. On. That is here. Yeah. That is here. The idea of the fake news and doctored video is just too relevant today. Way too relevant. Too relevant today. Um, and it's, it's an, another bit of the media predicting the future, which yep. is kind of cool. I always like that stuff. Um, Richards is b- brought out on stage to a volley of booze. He is public enemy number one, that is for sure. Um, I love how they rip off his prison uniform to reveal another uniform. Yeah. <laughs> Do you notice they were Adidas brand? I did, and I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Very cool. And if anyone can pull off a unitard, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he looks the best in it compared to anybody else. Everyone else looks completely ridiculous. <laughs> really and bad. I wouldn't say he doesn't look ridiculous, but... He's probably what the suit is meant for. Oh, yeah. Somebody like oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't a little bit more hugging in the package area. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. would think that it would have been. Yeah. Little, little something for the ladies. A little something for the ladies. <laughs> uh, Amber is still being sneaky, moving further and further into the TV production rooms. Um, she couldn't look any more suspicious than she does when she's moving from room to room, right? Oh, oh yeah. She looks like she shouldn't be there. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Like, at least act like you belong. She's not. Her body no. language is absolutely terrible, and she's yeah. just, like, darting her eyes from side to side. Yeah. Any one person in that room would have seen her and been like, "Are you? what's wrong with you? <laughs> Are you supposed uh, to be uh, here? Uh, 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 <laughs> Get her out of here. Um, we see on a monitor above Am- Amber the success story of Whitman, Price, and Hada. Hada, there Whitman. they are at this very moment. <laughs> They're basking under the Maui sun. They're debt to society. Paid in full. 
<laughs> and it looks so fake. It does. It, it really can, does. I mean, it's insane to imagine people become that stupid, but you can tell it's like a green screen. They yeah. all have the exact same <laughs> trees behind them. Yeah. Oh, man. I just, but they buy it. Like, it, whoa. <laughs> everybody buys it. Everybody <laughs> buys it. It kills me how uh, Dawson goes, Whitmore, Price, and Hada! Just over and over <laughs> and over. I love that. Uh, Amber makes it to her destination, the video archives. Um, it's time for Richards to go shooting into the game zone. Uh, one last surprise, though. Weiss and Laughlin are there, too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was all a lie. Killian can't be trusted, obviously. That's pretty clear. Pretty, pretty clear. Uh, you know how this works. The game zone is divided into 400 square blocks left over from the big quake of 97. Inside the zone... Once inside the zone, the runners have three hours. They've got to go through all four quads, three hours or less. And they're going to need every second, because you know who's on their tail. The stalkers! (laughs) It's time to start running! (laughs) On your marks, get set. Killian, <laughs> I'll be back. Love it. The, only in a rerun. <laughs> only in a rerun. So I kind of forgot that that was like Arnold's catchphrase. That's like his catchphrase. Yeah. See, I always put that with Terminator. Yeah, and he uses it across many movies, and I forgot that he does that. That's it's, super cool. It's it's a catchphrase that knows no cinematic bounds. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> uh, it's finally time for him to head down that death slide. A very very long death slide that sequence takes forever for him to get down there all three of them it takes forever and even when amber gets to it later it takes forever and i can't believe because earlier when she gets captured by him she warns him like i get car sick i get flight sick everything yeah she doesn't barf you come on there's no way she's not barfing all over herself in this thing. Should have been instant barf. Instant barf. <laughs> instant barf. <laughs> uh, it actually reminded me a lot of Val Kilmer's trip to the Batcave. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a lot like it. <laughs> yeah, he sits in the chair, slides down the thing. It just reminded me a whole that's, heck of a lot funny. like that. Uh, Richard and Weiss, uh, Richard's Weiss and Laughlin's trip seem to be very traumatic. It does not seem yeah. to go very well for no. them. Uh, Amber finds the video that she's looking for, but not for someone else finds her. We never see who actually found her. Just a, a bodiless arm found her and that's it. Yeah. Uh, Killian calls Charlie's, Charlie Day's mom out of the audience to pick the first stalker of the night. It's, Love it. It's just crazy. It's, it's like, oh, dang. She And she acts the exact same with her weird cringy mannerisms she has one speed for acting one speed (laughs) charlie's mom charlie's mom (laughs) they saw running man and they're like she would be perfect to be charlie's mother you know what's funny is i could see the three of them when they were casting charlie's mom to see her name come up on like the auditions or whatever but like she was in the running she was in the running man hired Hired. (laughs) (laughs) no audition needed right yeah um Luckily for us, though, she finds she likes her men big and cuddly, so she chooses Sub Zero. Sub Zero. <laughs> and now, our first stalker of the evening, a cadre trophy champion with over 30 lifetime kills. Let's welcome the incredible Iceman who slices his enemies limb from limb into quivering bloody sushi, Professor Sub Zero. <laughs> I love those introductions. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> they, they certainly do. Those introductions are some great pieces of writing. Oh, yeah. Love them. 
Um, we know he's serious because he sliced his gong in half, too. Like, Oh, he's <laughs> not messing around. Do you think he, was, after he did it, may have regretted it? Like, oh, that's the only one I have. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my gong. <laughs> kind of setting it up. Like, well, he'll never get introduced again. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Richards and his friends are on the move. They have entered the first quad. I don't like that they call him quad. Just say quadrant. Yeah. <laughs> quad. 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 Like quad into the gymnasium. <laughs> Uh, this encounter with Sub-Zero is absolutely ridiculous from top to bottom. Uh, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Just top to bottom. Yeah. Just top to bottom. And Richards opens it up with, let's get out of here. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. We need to leave immediately. I love how it's the red light that it's just bathed in. It just makes it feel deadly and yeah. ominous and like really cool. Uh, Weiss is immediately captured and put in that net. Way to go, dude. You were worthless. Worthless. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Laughlin does a little better and dodges some attacks. So great job, dude. You're doing a little bit better. Um, but <laughs> Richards managed to wrangle himself some razor wire from a broken post, and Sub Zero just skates right into skates it. Skates right into it. <laughs> I love how unique the uh, throat slicing it was, though. Yeah. Very unique. I don't think I've ever seen a razor wire throat slice. No. Yeah. They do a little something like that in Spartacus, mm, you know, which mm, is mm, freaking, yeah. you know, for yeah. actually 40 years later or whatever. <laughs> right. But. Uh, frankly, the audience is stunned at Sub-Zero's death. Oh, yeah. Complete silence. Complete silence. So if Whitman, what was it? Whitman and Haddad, Price, Whitman, Price, and Haddad, if yeah. they escaped... They didn't kill a single hunter. They didn't a uh, single stalker. They didn't kill a single one. They just managed to escape. Uh, apparently. Because it seems like once they get into those little closed arenas like they were with Sub-Zero, there's no escaping. Right. It's either fight or die. Yeah, so that's very true. I didn't really think about that. Because it seemed like it was the first time anybody's ever killed a stalker. Yeah, because he says on the phone later it happened had to happen eventually. Yeah, he does. He, he does. So, yeah, that is pretty nuts. I do enjoy his uh, Richard's line, though, here. Hey, Killian, here's Sub-Zero, now playing Zero. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> Every I time I watch know. it, I'm like, what does this mean? I don't know. That he's, quote. he's somehow gotten rid of the sub for Sub-Zero. <laughs> now that he's dead, he is no longer Sub-Zero. He is playing Zero. He's playing Zero. <laughs> and everyone's still just stunned. Not not a peep from anybody. Do you think when D'Souza wrote that line, he was like, ah, it doesn't make sense, but whatever. But whatever. We got Arnold <laughs> delivering it, so it'll look pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, the other thing that makes me think, I mean, they say that this has never happened before, but is the fact that nobody's excited that Richards won. It's like you're not allowed to cheer for the right. actual running man. You, right. You want the stalkers to kill the running man, apparently. We see that slowly change over the movie, but do, yeah. do you think that that is them being, the audience being stunned completely at the fact that a stalker died, or do you think it's like combination being stunned and still believing that Richards is the butcher of Bakersfield? Definitely some of both. Some of both. I think as the movie goes on, and then obviously the undoctored video later, they yeah. realize. You know, to not to get ahead of ourselves too far, it is interesting that that undoctored video doesn't come out until after the tide has changed. Right. So everybody still believes that he's a terrible, terrible person. Yeah. 
Okay. But, but they start to think he's yeah. more and more awesome. More and more awesome. <laughs> All right. We'll get back to that. <laughs> uh, Richards, Laughlin, and Weiss are now moving off from the ice rink. See you later, ice rink. See you later, poison gas. <laughs> See you, yeah, that's right. Poison there's gas. poison gas. <laughs> Forgot about that. Not only is there sleeping gas, but there's plenty of poison gas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, it's a double feature. Uh, Richards and crew are going to have to face off against Buzzsaw, Eddie Vitowski, last season's leading stalker. Buzzsaw's Hammond and Gage chainsaws are made of Trilon-coated Durasteel and can cut muscle, sinew, bone, or even solid steel. And Dynamo. Uh, <laughs> and Dynamo. <laughs> we don't get to hear his introduction. It's kind of going on in the background, but we don't really get to hear it. Uh, we do get to see Killian getting his makeup touched up, which if he's not on stage, he's backstage getting his makeup touched up. Yeah. How ugly are you? <laughs> Seriously, what has happened? <laughs> that you need that much makeup. Yeah. <laughs> There's no high-definition TV in this future, so right. you shouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> you really shouldn't. <laughs> Um, but he, this is where we find out that Amber's been busted and that right. she's going to be the next contestant on The Price is Right. I mean, yeah. on The Running Man. Yeah, on come, the running on, man. come on down. Um, Amber gets in- introduced as the contestant next. Um, she gets sent into the game zone uh, for a very, a second very long tube ride. Yeah. It's just padding time. This movie could have been an hour and 20 minutes instead of an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Too much tube riding. Way too much tube riding. And I'm sure it was one of those things where you can kind of tell. It was probably like a 20 foot length of tube that they like sent them down a hundred times, you know, over right, and over right. and over and over. And then to they, make it seem like it was one long track. Right. And then they put that little mirror in there to make it feel like they're going around a corner yeah. when they're not actually going around a corner. So. Yeah. And then they mirrored the mirror scene so it looked like they're going around a different corner. I don't need any of that. I really don't. Just shoot them down the tube and then they're in there. Yeah, just shoot them down. Just shoot them down. The, I don't the need... The faster, the better. I don't need believability on the tube. Yeah. And if you're... I mean, the only thing I thought was maybe going to happen is they were going to crash into each other, especially yeah. Laughlin and Weiss, and that doesn't happen, so it's like... Let's just do without all this tunnel. <laughs> I don't need that. Less tube, please. Less tube. Less tube. <laughs> uh, next, we're down in the in the game zone, and uh, Weiss notices the camera relay. Uh, it's pointing uh, into the zone, not up. Who gives a damn? <laughs> 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 they head uh, the direction of the relay. Uh, Weiss tells us about how he wants to jam the network by finding the uplink to the network satellite, and basically that's been the whole purpose of the resistance is to jam the satellite feed. That's... Apparently Richards wasn't aware of that. <laughs> Obviously not. It was very weird that he had no idea that that was their plan at all. Um, and if that is your actual plan and you have an idea that maybe the uplink is in the game zone, why not purposefully get sent into the game zone to try to sabotage it? Right. Why, ha- why all of a sudden you're just taking advantage of that you're in here, even though you don't want to be in here? True. I mean, how many, I guess we don't know how many times there's been multiple running man True. Like, contestants at the same time. True. So you would need basically a Ben Richards if we're going to do a solo try for that. Yeah, you but, would. But apparently he wasn't on board with that was what the whole goal was. Apparently So, so that part of it is definitely weird. You'd think they'd be training someone like Ben Richards to go in and do exactly that, but they don't ever give him the info. They're just like, well, no, like you said, now that we're down here, uh, let's take advantage of this three-person running man contestant. Plus those three were in prison for 18 months together. Yeah. How I mean, maybe because you fear surveillance that you don't talk about it while you're in prison, but I guess. you'd think that that would have come up. Like, At some point. We think the uplink is in the game zone. If we get in there, we can maybe have a chance to disable it or jam it. Right. It just never came up. Nope. <laughs> never, never came, came up. up. <laughs> never came up. 
<laughs> too worried about their heads getting blown off. <laughs> too worried about. I guess you know that'd be something to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> be something to worry about for sure. Uh, ultimately, Richards is not a fan of the plan, but he reluctantly follows Laughlin and Weese. He kind of does like the whole like, well, I guess I'll go with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the stalkers are closing in on Richards and crew. Uh, Amber and Richards are reunited. That was really fast. That was fast. Very fast. Uh, Weiss spots another relay, but Buzzsaw and Dynamo are on the scene. Um, cool little action sequence before like the big one. Uh, Buzzsaw's motorcycle and chainsaws. Very, very cool. Yep. Dynamo's little go-kart. Not so cool. Not as cool. Not as cool, but nope. all right. Um, our group splits up. Weiss and Amber head for the uplink, and Laughlin and Richards head to the warehouse, into a warehouse, just to get in, get away, I'm assuming, but they're unwittingly going into another like game zone. Yeah. Because um, guess who's there? It's Buzzsaw. Yeah. <laughs> Great action. Very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. What's funny is after the first time I watched it, so, you know, they're both in the yellow spandex Adidas suits, and they jump off to the left and right as he comes across with his motorcycle. The next time I watched it, when they're showing the running man in the beginning of the movie on TV, they show that scene. Yeah, that's in the beginning of the movie when they're showing examples of the running man. It's scenes from later on in the it's movie. It's scenes from later on in the movie. I thought that was okay. That's funny. <laughs> you don't notice it if you see the movie once. Certainly. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> didn't notice it the first time, but then same exact lighting and outfits. Like, you yeah. can at least just throw a different outfit on them and have... No, no. Right. You... Or just do a little tiny bit of B-roll. The tiniest. Like, you could have even just had Buzzsaw coming across with the motorcycle. And that could, with no contestants on it. No, yeah. Even if you'd used footage from before and you just cut out the contestants and just had Buzzsaw ripping down on a motorcycle. That would have made more sense. Because it does not hold up when you watch the movie more than once. (laughs) It does not. It does not hold up. (laughs) Uh, You know what else doesn't hold up? Laughlin in this scene because he's completely useless. Worthless. (laughs) Gets sliced immediately. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Richards gets uh, his dick ruined also because he gets dragged around for yeah. 20 minutes. It feels yeah. <laughs> uh, D- definitely wouldn't feel good. <laughs> no. Uh, it looked like Arnold did. Uh, obviously, Arnold did a little tiny bit of that stunt because you see a very good close up and he's moving pretty quick down the right on the ground. I think he did a good amount of it. Not all of it, but it looked like he was really doing some of that sliding around. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty dang cool. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved how Arnold or Richards managed to get that. Uh, uh, metal chain or metal rope around that piece of rebar yeah sending buzzsaw over his handlebars i love that scene love it's so it. cool i love that he just flies off and he's lucky he didn't land on his chainsaw and kill himself at that point yeah seriously uh we quickly cut to amber and Weiss finding the uplink interface because that was very easy was very easy barely an inconvenience barely an inconvenience <laughs> and he just goes over there and like one hand smacks it and it pops what? open like Oh, okay. Weiss is awesome, apparently. Yeah, and he immediately hacks into the interface, too. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I need you to remember these numbers. Uh, good luck with that. Yeah, good I, luck. I could never remember those numbers. <laughs> I could never remember those numbers. Uh, back to Richards and Buzzsaw. Um, I'm always in favor of a good fight with chainsaws, but uh, Ben Richards probably wouldn't have stood any type of chance. No, there's no way. If Buzzsaw would have just taken a couple of steps back yeah. and then charged him. Nothing you can do. <laughs> Absolutely nothing you nothing can do. Nothing you could do. But it's cool to see them really working against each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because Buzzsaw looks like he's bigger in stature than uh, Arnold is. Definitely. So do you think that was a choice or do you think they actually share different statures? Because Arnold's not a tall guy. I mean, so I guess it's possible. It's I possible. felt like it was done purposely to make him seem yes. even stronger that's and what bigger I kinda, than he is. That's what I thought, too. 
Not only was it weird that Ben didn't die quickly from the chainsaws, Buzzsaw seemed to be kind of bad at handling his chainsaws. Definitely. <laughs> for being one of the top stalkers in the game. Last year's champion. <laughs> but the best part of this whole scene is the final contest between Richards and Buzzsaw. Without uh, a doubt. Some really good lines. Uh, I love this saw. This saw is a part of me, and I'm going to make it a part of you. <laughs> And then Richards manages to turn the tables and bend that uh, chainsaw impossibly down underneath and turn it towards him. He says, that's all right. Keep it. (laughs) Keep it. (laughs) And now Buzzsaw's dick is ruined also. Big time. Uh, So crazy brutal. So crazy brutal. Just so crazy brutal. Especially that high-pitched scream that Buzzsaw lets out. (laughs) <laughs> At the end, like really hitting home that he got hit in the junk. Oh, yeah. Very R-rated. Very R-rated. I'm a very large fan of the extreme R-ratedness. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's just so hard to find like a really good R-rated modern movie that's not ridiculous. Exactly. The R-ratedness of this movie is borderline by today's standards for PG-13 and R like we kind of talked about, but... It's still R, and I still love it. Still love it. <laughs> Once again, the crowd is shocked. Shocked. <laughs> shocked. Um, Weiss uh, gives Amber the numbers as she needs to remember. 18, 24, 61, B, 17, 17, 4. She should have been like, you didn't tell me there was going to be a letter. You said number. <laughs> yeah. A B. And once again, there's no way I'm remembering that. No. <laughs> uh, but there's Dynamo coming out of nowhere, and Weiss gets fried, and that's the end of Weiss. Just bam. That's it. No, it, nothing. That's yeah, the end of nothing. Weiss. No, See ya. No final, like, pulling on his face, like, <gasps> yep. just nope. nothing. You're he done. Just zapped. You're done. You're done. You're done. Uh, Amber screams, and that gets Richard's attention. Um, what is Dynamo's plan at this point with Amber and why isn't he immediately killing her? I don't like the rapiness. I do not like the rapiness. <laughs> Very big rapiness vibes here. That's the third time in this movie there's been not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. Uh, we do get to see Dynamo and Richard's face off. Uh, Richard seems to be even more at a disadvantage in this one during this fight uh, because dude's in a car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a tiny shitty one, but he's still in one. Yeah. Uh, good thing for Richard's, though, he can run about 30 miles an hour because he outruns the car. Because <laughs> <laughs> he should have been easily ran down by Dynamo. Easily. I, I get it that the terrain is rough and he's kind of zigging and zagging, but just floor it, man, and yeah, run him down. Just floor <laughs> it. Just floor it. Either way, Richard runs up a slope and Dynamo tries to follow him for some reason or another, flipping his go-kart. It's an extreme slope. Why would you drive up there? I <laughs> I just, you do you, man. You do you, Dynamo. Uh, Richards does have an opportunity to kill help, a helpless Dynamo, but he refuses to. Uh, I mean, he's not a murderer or anything. He's already killed two people, but he's not a murderer or anything. Yeah. <laughs> you won't kill a helpless person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, though yeah. that person tried to kill him. Exactly. Okay. It really seems more about him not wanting to give the audience and like the game show what they want. Right. Just right. kind of like upsetting everything about the game and whether he's consciously doing it it feels like it because there's a couple other points in this movie where he kind of does the same thing where he's yeah. just trying to just be a foil for the game which why why wouldn't you do that it makes sense to try to disrupt it and make it fall apart from the inside yeah um, Richards and Amber go to retrieve Laughlin but it's he's not going to make it <laughs> Laughlin tells him that the underground has a broadcast center in quadrant four so not only do they know where the uplink is they have a 
center in quadrant four. Yeah. They could just easily kind of just trot over there and kind of maybe take care of the uplink signal. Probably. <laughs> Probably should have tried that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, and so he tells them that they need to take Amber to Mick in Quadrant 4 yeah. uh, and give them the code. And Laughlin out. He's dead. He's dead. Uh, classic hands over the eyes to close him. I love that in a movie because <laughs> oh, it's <yeah>. so ridiculous <laughs> every time. Uh, sometimes uh, Kristen and I will do that to each other. Like when we're just like sitting watching TV, we'll walk up to one, of the, one or the other and just be like, slide. <laughs> go to sleep. Go to sleep. Sleep. <laughs> Uh, but wait, there's a special video call for Ben Richards on a billboard. I want to get a phone call from a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, it's Killian, and he wants to make Richards an offer he can't refuse. I want to make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> it's kind of a truce. Yeah. Right? Quit effing with my game. Quit fucking with my game. Basically. And we're, uh, down, we're down to pretty much no stalkers. Yeah. So. It's a truce, but Killian is probably feeling the heat at this point because right. things aren't going good. His game is in jeopardy. Um, but, of course, Richards is going to refuse. Um, Killian asks Richards what he thinks of his offer. What do you think? You cold-blooded bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I'll live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you leave room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break a goddamn spine. <laughs> You did that so much better than Arnold, honestly, in that, because that's such a sweet line, but I hate how he delivers that line in the movie. He delivers it, it poorly. It's, it seems like he had to do it many attempts before <laughs> they're like, that's good enough. He probably <laughs> I did. thought, yeah, it should have been way more intense, like you just did it, you know? It wasn't very intimidating for how intimidating he actually is. For some reason, his cadence of, and break your goddamn spine, makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Because he, like, kind of puts goddamn and spine together. He's yeah. like, and break your goddamn spine! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that so much. And now it's uh, time for Fireball to join the fight, because... Only the old dude is left. Only the old dude. And left. the retired guy. And the we'll, retired we'll guy. We'll get to him. Um, his outfit is weak. Very weak. Some chain mail? Come on. Some chain mail. Some chain mail. Give him some shoulder pads with some flames and some spikes on it. Yeah. And you know? Some like flame resistant suit or something, something? too. Come on. It's fu- it's futuristic, yeah. supposedly. At least some like big gloves and boots. Something. Some just like. I don't know. His suit is weak. Looks super weak. Ah, uh, yeah. I just the flamethrower is cool. And when they call him to go, what's he doing sitting with his shirt unbuttoned on the couch there? Like he, I don't know. Apparently, these dudes are like the upper echelon of <laughs> <laughs> the stalkers are the like professional athletes, I guess, of nowadays. Like you want to be. Jim Brown, apparently. Yeah, you want to be. No, I think you're exactly right. And I think his shirt was unbuttoned for sexiness. I guess. <laughs> for sexiness. Our, for our viewing pleasure. For our viewing pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, Jim Brown. I do have to ask you, though, how does Jim Brown look older in 1987 than he did in 1996 in Mars Attacks? Agreed. How does, he, how does that work? I don't know. I mean, they do put the gray hair on him in this. Yes. And he's bald in Mars Attacks. True. And they must take the gray out of his mustache because he has no gray in his mustache and no. Mars attacks. But he definitely looks older in this movie. He struck me as an older gentleman than what would have been in 1996. Yeah, like this is put them... nine years before, so that's right. so weird. It's just weird. It just must have been costumes and stuff. Who yeah. knows? Uh, next, we get to see uh, Jesse Ventura uh, looking at his Jesse Ventura's Captain Freedom, looking at a picture of himself because I guess <laughs> that's what I guess that's supposed to mean that he wants to come back and face off against Ben Richards. 
records. I guess. Just it's not weird at all. No. Just no. staring at a picture of himself in a busy room of people. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> Fireball heads into the game zone and his flamethrower also doubles as a jetpack. Slight, yeah. Slightly cooler. Slightly cooler. <laughs> Super slow. It's so very it's pretty slow. Unconvincing. <laughs> very <but>. unconvincing. <laughs> uh, Killian is now talking with his number one fan from earlier, Mrs. McCardale. 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 And uh, he wants her to choose who's going to make the first kill, Fireball or Dynamo. She chooses Ben Richards. Oh, yeah. Uh, Killian's game has now officially gone off the rails. Yeah. Officially gone off the rails. Uh, the boys one mean motherfucker. <laughs> one of the better lines of the whole movie. Uh, the bookies even have to start taking bets on Richards, and they seem very confused by the fact that anybody would want to bet on them, which is interesting if it's like an illegal, I don't know if it's an illegal bookie gambling thing that they got going on, but yeah. you'd think if somebody wants to make a bet on something, they're going to take the bet. Right. And if he, they, they mark down the odds as 100 to 1. So that means for every dollar you get, you get $100 back. Yeah. Why would you put his odds so high, well, low, technically, if he's already killed two stalkers when stalkers don't get killed? Right. Shouldn't his odds been more like three to one, two to one? Definitely. Because <laughs> he could have killed three he and killed, he stopped it too. Exactly. So yeah. I just, that's a easy bet. That <laughs> if is I was a there, very like, easy bet. I would have thrown my wallet at that yeah. dude. <laughs> at least a fiver. Take you it. Know? Take it. <laughs> Uh, back with Richards and Amber, and Amber is regretting her life choices. We should have just taken that trip to Hawaii. <laughs> he tried. I had the should for it, but you fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, here's Fireball. Uh, not a great sequence. No. It's just them running down hallways as Fireball jogs after them. Um, we get a good line out of Arnold, though, right away. Amber, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Uh, so she does, and they split up unintentionally, uh, but they split nonetheless. Back with Amber now, and she's wandering through some derelict building, and Fireball is quietly stalking her. Get it? He's a stalker. Ooh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, Amber stumbles on the, rema- the remains of Whitman, Price, and Haddad. Haddad. <laughs> Turns out they weren't winners after all. No, they're not in Maui, actually. <laughs> they are not in Maui. <laughs> Uh, Amber is cornered by Fireball, and it looks like the end, but Richards happens to be in the ceiling. How in the hell did he get there? I have no idea. It just does not make it sense. It does not make sense. He's, there's, he was already there before Amber got in there. Right. I mean, that's about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He falls from the <laughs> ceiling, and he dislodges Fireball's gas line and tosses him, uh, tosses a flare at him that he picked up later, and uh, he says, how about a light? <laughs> Kablooey. Kablooey. What a hothead. <laughs> and once again, the crowd is stunned. 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 <laughs> um, I figured they would be kind of used to this by now you would assume yeah but this is where they do start to kind of change over this right. is our turning point here uh captain freedom uh, captain freedom to wardrobe captain freedom to wardrobe uh and the costume they put him in looks like uh, they strapped an air conditioner to his chest that was <laughs> yeah. my first impression at least Definitely. uh forget it killian i won't do it <laughs> 
That's a good one, true. Hey, thanks. Uh, mostly we see in this scene that Killian is losing his grip on the show even further and the people that work for him because there was, at the beginning of the movie, everybody was completely subservient, wouldn't talk back, and now nobody's got his back. Yeah. He's like, what he, he says in that instance, I thought this was a party in here or something like that, and nobody's doing anything. They're right. all like, this is not going well. <laughs> and I can't help every time Captain Freedom comes on screen wondering if he would have been Captain America if Marvel movies were made back then. He's just so intense, but he is pretty good for the role. Like, and surprisingly not buff. Yeah, he's, for like, how, he's not too buff. No, and for, for how defined and buff he is in Predator, yeah. he's surprisingly not defined and buff in this one. Yeah. I don't know. He's just over the top in this, he but I is. think it's funny to he imagine is. him as not a total douche. Jesse Ventura in cinema was like a very special time. Like, he is a very unique guy in movies just a unique guy in general yeah so seeing him in movies was always cool and just the way he portrayed people was always like man i love you jesse (laughs) (laughs) so we're back with uh richards and amber and they're still looking for mick and the rest of the resistance and they get trapped um we see killian editing video to make it look like captain freedom and richards are having having had engaged in a battle which we know is not happening uh, it turns out that when uh, Richards and Amber were trapped, it was actually a trap set by Mick in the Resistance, and so Mick brings them in. Uh, he welcomes them to the People's Network. Amber tells him that she has the uplink code, so we're just moving right along here. Perfect. Killian int- introduces the fabricated fight between Captain Freedom and our heroes, and uh, Freedom wins, of course. That was the plan, a whole fabricated film type of thing. Uh, now that Mick has the uplink code, uh, the fight is on and the resistance is arming themselves. Uh, Richards thinks that this is a bad idea, but Mick says that they have no choice. Uh, they have to prevent the signal from being switched to a different satellite. So they're going to be heading to the main control center for the television to kill everybody, at least take it, pro- take everybody hostage and yeah. take control of the room. Uh, Richard says that these kids need a leader and he volunteers. So basically like yeah there's no other option there's no other point. option i told killian i'd be back i wouldn't want to be a liar <laughs> <laughs> damn right uh, yep uh they are going uh so they're gonna send the uplink code to the satellite in 20 minutes so it's definitely go time everyone's locked and loaded even amber mm-hmm. um she even has the original video from the bakersfield massacre where did you hide that side glance from amber it's none of your business <laughs> where did she hide it trav That I don't know. She hid it in her vagina. Her vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The resistance makes their way to the control room almost completely unabated. Like, there's nobody there to stop them from entering the building where everything is happening. They just waltz right in there. Is that people abandoning their posts already? Probably, honestly, at this point, when you've seen three stalkers just get killed, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I got no battle training. Remember (laughs) beginning of the movie? We get none. Uh, Mick completes the uplink and exposes all of Killian's and ICS's lies. Um, We also get some good old-fashioned gun violence uh, to round out the movie. A movie that has very little gunplay for an 80s movie. Yeah. A little bit at the beginning, a little bit at the end. Yep, yep. That's about it. Plus the third rapey scene with Amber. <laughs> finally, uh, finally, Dynamo is electrocuted. Finally. Finally. Uh, the final confrontation confrontation between Killian and Richards. Uh, hello, cute. He goes, hello, cutie pie. <laughs> hello, cutie pie. <laughs> 
one of us is in deep trouble. <laughs> but wait, here comes Killian's trusty bodyguard. It's a final showdown and the fists are going to fly. Not quite. Not quite. That is not what happens. <laughs> Sven simply says, I got to go do some, I got to go score some steroids. <laughs> that was super weird to me. <laughs> he walks oh, away okay. with a little bit of a knowing nod to Richards and that's about it. Yeah. I'm going to go score some steroids. Okay. <laughs> For what? For what? Uh, Killian knows his time is up. Uh, you look pissed, Ben. Yeah. yeah. You should look pissed. Yeah, probably. Killian tries to justify the actions and the actions in the network, but it's just, it's not going to work. It's just for TV. Richards is not buying it. No. Uh, Richards does send Killian down that tube, and Killian crashes through his own billboard in a gigantic fireball. He did. He did. He did. Uh, well, it looks like that hit the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Amber and Richards reunite and they share a kiss because they love each other now. Yep, they do now. <laughs> they do love each other now. The movie ends with ICS going off the air and roll credits. Yep. And that lovely song playing. At the end. Love it. Love it. Oh boy, Trav. Uh, that is that movie is something else. It is something else. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it, honestly. <laughs> uh, shout out quick to Triple Falls Podcast. Jake, he suggests that we do Species a while back and said that was peak 90s. I don't know if I would say Running Man is peak 80s, but it has got to be as close to peak Arnold as there is. It is way up there. It is way up it there. It is way up there. We got I mean, good lines. We got good action. And this is, now it's been a while since I've seen Terminator, but this is the first Arnold movie I can think of where I actually thought, he actually is an attractive man. I said I, the same thing to Kristen when we were watching, and I said, he's surprisingly handsome. He's surprisingly handsome, especially in the beginning when he's in like his construction yeah. outfit and he's got the beard. I'm like... You know, I've always just thought of him as this big buffoon, but he's like actually an attractive man. I kind of, I kind of had to like, if you take out the big beefy arms and body and just go straight on face. Yeah, he was very handsome. Yeah, and in then this he movie. gets clean shaven. Yep. You know, and he wears the button-up Hawaiian style shirt, yep. which I wear those all the time. Yeah, like, man, that's awesome. I was just, <laughs> I was very pleased to change my opinion a little bit about Arnold. A beard becomes Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. I like that a lot. <laughs> But uh, I know you loved it, but let me hear your final opinion. You know, I really, really love this movie. And this is a movie that I watched, you know, fairly regularly as a child. It was on heavy rotation in the 90s on television for that Saturday afternoon feature on TMC. Yeah. So it was one that I saw on TV quite a bit. It was a movie that I distinctly remember my father being like, let's watch The Running Man. Yeah. Probably too young to watch The Running Man. But, you know, it was the 90s. So rated R movies were just thrown around like candy definitely <laughs> so it's one of those movies between that one uh predator top gun and the and uh uh blade runner those yeah. are some of those movies that i just remember my dad being like you need to watch this yeah. this is something that you need to have Even in your though life you're a child yes you need to watch this uh it's just is it's i'm not gonna say it's peak 80s i'm not gonna say it's peak arnold but it is so it's close, close it's to being close. about as good of a representation of what my mind's eye thinks of when I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. It's either him and the running man or him and Terminator. You know, it's right, just right. it's just like right there. And it's just a this movie's a joy for me to watch. Um, 
it doesn't get old for me, and I just can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, honestly. And it, and it was super influential because, like I said, I've been watching all this American Gladiator stuff. That's one of the first things in the Netflix documentary that this was fresh had just came out and it was like the big thing running man and then two years later they started american gladiators and then they talk about meeting him in real life and how it was just this larger than life moment and not that it wouldn't be because it's right. arnold schwarzenegger right. but still it's just funny that how big it was and it's just as always randomly ties into what i'm doing in my everyday life <laughs> And it's kind of weird to see Arnold in 1987 and to be like, you married a Kennedy. Well, in Onassis, but you married into the Kennedy family. Later got divorced. But, but don't sleep with your housemaid. <laughs> Come on, Arnold. Definitely. <laughs> it's just kind of weird to see the, the odd trajectory of Arnold Schwarzenegger's life. Like that man has lived a life un, unknown to many other people. Definitely. Like it's just a crazy thing. I want I can't wait to see the documentary on his life. I, oh, yeah. I want it. I want a 3 hour There is some random thing on Netflix right now that's called Arnold. Well, I'm going to have to go watch You're it. You're going to have to go watch it. <laughs> uh with that all taken care of, Trav, and the fact that we both love this movie and I'm going to watch it a million more times for the rest <laughs> of my life. Um why don't you Oh, why don't we go on over to that homework assignment. Let's do it. All right, so we're heading back over to DBZ, and we're going season one, episodes 13 through 18. Episode 13 is going to be Gaz and Mez. Episode 14 is The Princess Snake. Episode 15 is Dueling Piccolos. Episode 16 is The Plight of the Children. Episode 17 is The Pendulum Room Peril. And finally, episode 18, The End of Snake Way. End of Snake Way. Such ding, a, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. It'll be a great way to end the summer of our DBZ specials. Yes, it really will. I hope we can continue to do these kind of summer special themes because it's cool. Definitely. It's I fun. really hope to get back to it. Yeah, and episode 17 out of this, listeners, is one of my favorite all time of the whole series. That's a great episode. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait to get to that one. So now that everybody knows what the homework assignment is, which, by the way, good luck finding it unless you own, <laughs> unless you own the hard copy, unless you own the hard copy, or you feel like subscribing to Crunchy Rolls. <laughs> hey, Trav, hit me with that outro. Let's get into some emails today. So our first email comes from a lot of lamps are back. Wants to know what was a store that you loved as a kid that just doesn't have the same feel as an adult. I love dollar stores as a kid. Oh, yeah. There was a store in our local mall, the River Hills Mall, where the fun never ends, uh, called uh, Everything's a Buck. Nice. And when we would go to the mall, I would always be like, let's go to Everything's a Buck. I'm going to go buy some trash. <laughs> so I I love I love that everything was actually a dollar seven because of tax. Right, right, right. Dollar seven. <sighs> Hard to understand as a kid. Like, come on. Dollar seven? I have a dollar. <laughs> Um, so, yes, I miss loving dollar stores because they stink now. They They're, stink. They literally I mean, smell bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they've always stunk. <laughs> I mean, you are always buying trash. Yes, but yeah, true. It's not trash when you're a kid. Uh, I put down Spencer's. Oh, nice. I used to think that was the coolest store in the world when I was a kid. We got the lava lamps. We got the half-naked girl posters yeah. I can put on my wall and look, <laughs> and my dad's not here. I'm pretending like I'm going to buy one of these, but I'm too embarrassed to <laughs> go to the register and actually purchase my Pam Anderson poster and <laughs> just all the random-ass crap that was there, and now it's just it's like a novelty store. Yeah. yeah, I don't even walk foot in there, to be honest. It's been probably at least five years since I've went into Spencer's. Question number one. 
was the Pam Anderson poster that you were looking at, like from barbed wire circa Pam Anderson? Like, because I remember that poster being everywhere. Oh, yeah, definitely. The gray background, yeah. wearing denim jeans yeah. and topless, but covering yeah. her, her top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know exactly which poster you're talking yeah. about. I eventually got up the courage and went and bought that <laughs> damn poster. Good for you, man. <laughs> and second question. Going into Spencer Gifts as a kid, I do not remember there being tons of sex toys. I don't think there was. Because there, there is was, now. There is now, yeah. Yes. I don't think there was, but there was like almost novelty outfits. Yeah. Which I never really thought of as lingerie. I thought of it more as like a Halloween costume. And yeah. then there was like edible undies. Oh, like, yeah. I remember that. But yeah, definitely no sex toys. No didos hanging out <laughs> on them. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that story is not the same. Not the same. Uh, next question comes from Flawless Victory. He wants to know, with the new Mortal Kombat 1 coming out, I'm curious, what was your first fighting game that you fell in love with? Super Street Fighter 2 uh, Tournament Edition, or Turbo Edition. Turbo. Yeah, that, I got that with my uh, um, Super Nintendo yeah. for Christmas. That yeah. was my first like real love of a fighting game. For sure. One. Same here, because I got that one mm-hmm. also that I think came with that and Super Mario World somehow, which is cool. I yeah. wish the system still came with two games mm-hmm. at release. But, uh, that, and then I did put... Mortal Kombat 1, because I just still remember the first time I ever played that, and it was like, holy crap, Right, this is violent and awesome. Uh, my parents were clutching their pearls over Mortal Kombat sure. in the 90s, and um, when I would go to a friend's house, they would ask their parents, do you guys have Mortal Kombat? Ooh. And if they did, my mom would say, Drew is not allowed to be in the room while that game is being played. Oh, <laughs> Yikes, yikes. Yeah, my dad had zero filter. <laughs> he didn't care at all. And it's not even it's not even bad. Oh no. Not, not even bad. Not at all. I mean now it's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's, yes, like yes, the yes. new ones with all the X rays and all that stuff. Not the original MK. No. Not the original MK. Barely any fake blood. It's fine. I would like to give an honorable mention to Clay Fighter, because I used to love that game. Sure. Clay Fighter was a lot of fun to play. Nice. I loved with those games of that era, like the unlockable characters. Oh, yeah. Especially like the special ones where you had to do like, you know, key combinations on your controller to get them to be like normally you'd just be like a like a sprite swap and just make them look a little bit different. And they'd have like the exact same moveset as another character or something like that. But honorable mention to Clay Fighter. Clay Fighter. Uh, Next question here comes from All That in a Bag of Chips wants to know, what Nickelodeon show did you want to be on the most as a kid, whether it was a contestant or as an actor looking back? So when I was younger until about 10, it was always Double Dare. I always wanted to go beyond Double Dare because you could win a trip to Universal Studios Hollywood and all that stuff. And I always thought that was like the coolest show for the longest time was Double Dare. And then I went to Family Double Dare and Super Sloppy Double Dare and all these other Double Dares. But I was Double Dare was the big one. And then if I could have like chosen to enter the universe of any Nickelodeon show, I think it would have been Hey Arnold. Like that universe seems so cool and like hip and just like fun and stuff i think it would be that coolest bedroom in television yeah easily the coolest like kevin mckay or kevin mckayle kevin mckayle kevin mckayle (laughs) eat your heart out kevin McAllister, eat your heart out the coolest bedroom ever um i think we talked about this once before but obviously as a kid i wanted to be on legends of the hidden temple yeah i mean that's obvious yeah Uh, shout out green monkeys (laughs) uh i was always a silver snakes guy no silver snakes was it silver snakes yep purple parrots silver snakes orange iguanas 
um, red jaguars, blue barracudas. I think that's all. I think that's all. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Green monkeys. Uh, And then the other one I put, which I didn't really think of till recently because I just watched this Hulu documentary on the orange years of Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. And it's really good. Uh, is all that. That was my show. I mean, that was like Saturday Night Live for kids. Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I love Keenan and Kel and all the people that were on that, but Keenan and Kel was like my show, so them being on all that, that would have been so fun. And they talk about how it was kind of like a summer camp for them, and they were on this paid vacation to go have fun, right. basically. So Very that, cool. That would have been sweet. Do you remember the show Roundhouse at all? Uh-uh. It was like a precursor to all that. It was the same kind of like sketch comedy stuff. I barely remember it. Sure. So, uh, but it was Nickelodeon. It was Nickelodeon. It was okay. one of the f- original Snick shows, I think. Oh, okay, sure. Was, yeah, I think it was one of the original Snick shows. Roundhouse, I remember. Because I used to have to stay up late to be able to watch Snick because it started at like 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Right. And uh, so that wraps up emails, but I've got my question for Drew here is, what Arnold movie are you most excited to to get to next? Most, ex- probably Predator, because it's the same era-ish. Sure. And it's, I love the Terminator, but this era of Arnold, after us doing this show, has like kind of convinced me that this is the era of Arnold. Oh, definitely. Like, I think the Predator, it's, like a, it's almost a solo Arnold movie. Yeah. He's very alone in a lot of it, so... I think Predator. I think Predator. That'll be fun for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a specific one I'm no. excited for. I would say probably Predator. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen Terminator as well, but spoiler alert, before we get to them, and we don't know when we're getting to them, Mm-mm. we are going to be doing Jingle All the Way this Christmas. We will be doing so Jingle All the Way. There will be some more Arnold coming up this holiday season. And I, th- I think before we do Predator, we should probably fit in Twins. Oh, nice. I would love that <laughs> because I've never seen that and I love DeVito so much now. So that would be great. There's been rumors for years that a sequel called Triplets is going to come out where it would be Arnold, Danny DeVito, and uh, uh, oh my God, I can't remember his name. He's Donkey on Shrek. Uh, Mike Myers? No. Or, I mean, uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. So it'd be the three of them as triplets. Nice. Because that's, that's the premise of Twins is that... Uh, Arnold and Danny DeVito are brothers, and they're twins. Oh my! That's the pref. That's that's what it is. Right, and so now this is. Tri- if there's been rumors of triplets, <laughs> who knows if that will ever get made? Who, who knows? knows? Um, but yeah, that wraps up another fun show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Overdue Homework Podcast. Make sure you are emailing us with topic ideas, questions, proving that our email works. It is at overduehomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, make sure you tune in to the next exciting episode of the Overdue Homework Podcast.